All right, welcome to season two of the Pursuit of Property podcast. We're joined right now with the amazing Sammy Story. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Perfect. We are really happy for you to be here with us uh, with Placer Title. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, we wanted to start this season real quick with a quick question about title. One of the things we noticed is that in real estate, uh, a lot of people don't know what a title company does or how it works. And you obviously work in the networking side of it. Correct. But if you want to share with us a minute what you do in the networking side for the title company. Okay. So to answer to your first part, uh, we are a neutral third party. So we are in contact with all the lenders, uh, all the agents, and we do all the recordings and the documents. Uh, as a marketing rep, basically we are the relationship builder. Uh, basically we go out to all the realtors and we offer all of our services. And we have a lot of apps and farming and good stuff like that. Perfect. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thanks for joining us for this uh, quick title question, Sammy. We appreciate you guys uh, and thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. All right. Mr. Mike Butler, how are you, sir? Hey, I mean, I'm doing good. It's, I'm blessed to be here, man. Thank you guys for inviting me. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate you. Uh, you know, we've known each other a while now. You're somebody mm -hmm. who we've wanted to have on um, for a while. So we're super excited to have you in today. I appreciate that, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, you know, you guys are doing your thing and I'm glad to be a part of it. Perfect. So can you tell us a little bit? So you're with Mainline uh, Investments, obviously. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Mainline, what you do a little bit, and then we'll talk about how you got into the business. Okay. So Mainline is pretty much, um, it's me and my wife's company. Um, we wholesale property. Ultimately, we're looking into uh, buy and hold, which we might, you know, even create another entity for that. Um, but just getting started in the real estate, that was something that we both came up with and we just loved it and kind of just moving forward with that. Perfect. And how long have you been with Mainline? Uh, Mainline, we started the entity last year in about March. So we're going on about a year and a half. Uh, we started wholesaling in January of last year. Uh, closed a couple deals in, in my own name, and then after that point, got a little capital and started our entity and um, started doing business out of that. There awesome. you go. So, Mike, I know you've got uh, quite the good story on how you got started in real estate and uh, how it can relate to maybe a lot of people who may be listening. Yeah. Can you elaborate on your story a little bit? Yeah, so, what did I say? We started last year in 2019, January. I mean, January 1st is when I, when I pretty much gave myself the green light. Um, we can go back to pretty much, I was a teacher, um, and getting into teaching, you're allowed to teach for two years, two years before you actually get your credential. So they're able to hire you on what they call a short-term staff permit, which is a STIP. Um, and if you're lucky, you're granted a second year PIP to finish your requirements. Um, I wasn't able to pass a CSET, uh, which is a test that you have to take in order to continue on with your uh, credential program. Um, when I wasn't able to pass that, they pretty much pulled me out of my pulled me out of my classroom. I was a special education teacher. Um, the site that I was at allowed me to stay there probably for like another another month or so, right? Um, and then from there, I mean, we hit. This was in October, I believe. I was pulled out of my classroom, um, and that pretty that hit pretty hard because, uh, as you guys know, I have two children. Right. Um, my wife's been a stay at home mom since we had them, just because at that point it was cheaper for her just to stay home than it would be for her to work because I had to pretty much just pay for childcare. Um, so when I was pulled out of my classroom, it was, it was, ugh, man, <laughs> it was, it was talk about your back against the wall, man. It, it was really a dark place for me. Um, someone who, you know, played football at Fresno state and, um, from there had a job, had my, had my bachelor's degree in criminology. Um, so for the most part, I've always had my life kind of figured out, you know, I kind of always knew what I was going to do next. Mm -hmm. And so being pulled out of my classroom was really the first time I, you know, I had no idea where money was going to come from. 
Um, I was just laying in bed probably around November. So if you guys are familiar with like substitute teachers, mm -hmm. um, coming from being a teacher, you're paid salary. So whether you worked one day that month or you know 30 days that month, you got paid the same amount of money. Yeah. As a substitute teacher, you get paid for the days that you worked. So when I was pulled out of my classroom going into November, we got Thanksgiving break, and I believe Fresno Unified is two weeks off. Mm -hmm. um, and then going into December, there's three weeks off for vacation. So you're talking about one week of pay, uh, pay which wasn't even enough to cover our expenses. Um, so I remember just laying in bed, man, and I was watching YouTube, and Mark Witten had a, had a video. He was on The Breakfast Club, and he talked about kind of wholesaling and stuff like that. And I just was like, man, it sounds kind of too good to be true. Threw it in YouTube, found uh, Max Maxwell, started watching that. And like I said, with the back against the wall and everything, you just had to go. I didn't have enough time to really um, really evaluate what it is. I just kind of understood the concept. It seemed too, you know, not too good to be true, but it made sense. Mm -hmm. Enough for me to say, you know, hey, January 1st, I'm just going to hit the ground running and, and, and take off. Um, and so that's that's what I did, man. I asked my wife. Well, I didn't really, I didn't even really ask my wife. I just kind of like, you know, anything. Like I said, my degree was in criminology. So for me to even even go into law enforcement, you're looking at a six month hiring process, mm -hmm. right? My bills don't wait six months. And so at that point, I just told my wife to just trust me. Even though I mean, it was hard, man. Um, yeah. We didn't we didn't know where the money was coming from. Um, but I just I just had faith in myself, and I just had to ask her to trust me and. You know, even though there were some hard times in there and she was looking at me, you know, kind of crazy. I was, you know, ne uh, neglected her a little bit so I can become obsessed with the process. And luckily it just took off from that point, man. Perfect. So you have that change. You hit the ground running in January. Mm -hmm. You kind of had a unique story because you were driven and you made it happen right at the start. For sure. When did you get that first deal? Uh, my first deal, we closed it, I believe, March March 26th, March 27th, Boom. Um, for 20 grand. Boom. Hey. Right? So you talk How about proof of concept. Um, man, it felt great because I believe about a, uh, about a couple weeks before I had even closed my first deal, um, I was obviously doing the cheapest uh, marketing that I can do. Mm -hmm. So we were driving for dollars. I was using Deal Machine was one of the subscriptions that I had. Um, I was running comps off of Redfin and Zillow, you know, which is crazy now but, to look back. Yeah, I don't hey, even know if I can yeah. still do it now, right? <laughs> right, but, right. Um, some way I just, I, we made it work and um, my phone got cut off probably a week before I actually got my first deal. Um, so it was, <laughs> so so that's wow. kind of how low it ended up going. You know, you got to make sacrifices and um, we, we made it, we made it work, man. I don't know how we did it to this day, but I'm glad we did. Yeah. Well, I met you right at that time frame, mm -hmm. right at the very start. We met at a meetup. I mean, who are some of the people that you met at that start that helped you get started? We wanted to talk today with you about networking. You've been one mm -hmm. of the best at it. You've done a great job at connecting. We've met you at masterminds, meetups, everything. Yeah. Who did you meet at the start? Uh, the first person I, I met was really Darren Wade. Um, he was someone that we went to the same high school. He's, he's four years older than me. Um, I believe he graduated in 2004. I believe that's when I came into high school. Mm -hmm. um, but he was just someone that I had always admired in the sense of when you're younger, you kind of look for people who are – who seemed to be moving in the right direction, you know, and he had always been someone that I seen that was always doing something positive, um, always seemed to be around the right people. Um, you know, as you guys know, he's a realtor also with Keller. Um, right. And so he was someone that I reached out to when I kind of had questions with about wholesaling. And the first question I had for him was, you know, hey, you're a realtor. What's the difference between what you do? And what this is, I mean, essentially what wholesaling is. Right. Um, and he kind of, he was like, man, I kind of don't know, you know. And, and so as we kind of, you know, 
collaborated on kind of the processes and stuff like that, we realized the difference was instead of selling the house, I'm selling the contract. And so from that point, um, I just started, I got into a Facebook group. Um, Jason has his his Facebook group that also hosts the meetings and stuff like the meetups mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just talking to my wife, I'm like, hey, you know, you're only as good as the people that's around you. So uh, it only makes sense that I go to these things and kind of just lay it all out there and see who's in the same position as I am and just be vulnerable. So, Mike, it's one thing to show up to all these networking events, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just show up, listen to what people have to say. But how, how'd you take it farther than that? How'd you make sure you were gaining value out of the stuff that you were attending? Oh, man. Um, I mean, because at the end of the day, um, like I said, you know, you have Jason running this meetup. I think his, the first guest that I seen uh, there was Michael Zuber. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's a man of action. Um, and it was really just listening to, well, first and foremost, it can become overwhelming when you have people like Jason up there talking about wholesaling, um, because you're going to find a lot of people who are a lot further than where you are. But the biggest thing is knowing where you are and kind of knowing, you know, what your lane is, because, uh, one of the biggest things you don't want to do is, is spread yourself too thin. And so you hear of all these marketing strategies and stuff like that. And anyone who knows me knows that, you know, I was a big preacher of, of deal machine and driving for dollars my first, probably my first year of, of wholesaling. And that's because it was the cheapest point of entry. Um, and so just taking my marketing strategy and implementing that with how others um, reached out to sellers, um, the conversations that you have with sellers, how, how you negotiated your prices, um, finding out from buyers that I met at the groups what they what they were looking to pay for investment properties, what zip codes were they in. Um, and so I think the biggest thing that I took from those meetups early was to pinpoint an area. Um, and so that's what I did. I found a zip code that I felt really comfortable in, that I felt like that I can execute in, and I just focused on that zip code, and I just dug deeper into that zip code instead of uh, spreading myself too thin by trying to do all of Fresno right. yeah. because those are all different numbers, right? Right. So you just got to kind of know where you are and kind of know your role, and that's kind of what I did. I, f- I found my niche, found my zip code that I was good at, and then once I felt like you know I was not hitting rock bottom there or I felt like it wasn't enough, then I started spreading myself. Yeah. Now, in wholesaling, one of the steps is obviously um, the back end, right? So getting a disposition, meaning you find the end buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you go about getting that list of people? What did you do to kind of cultivate that group of people so when you do assign a contract mm-hmm. or when you get one locked up, you know where to go with it? Man, that came from, like you, like you guys like we're kind of talking about, that was, that was just the power of networking. That was going to the meetups, finding out who's buying at the time. Uh, Facebook groups. Um, I utilize the Facebook uh, market, not the marketplace, but the the groups within mm-hmm. within yeah. Facebook. I u- utilize that. Um, utilize social media, um, just because when you go to these meetups, the first thing you do, I mean, you're going to reach out to these people on social media. You're going to follow mm-hmm. them that way. So whenever I got a deal, it would either go on social media. I'd shoot it through a text message to to either Je- uh, Jason, uh, whether it be Matt. I just sent it to people that I knew. And then from that point, they brought value to me because if it wasn't a good fit for them, they most likely had someone that that was a good fit for it. Um, But I think I did a good job at negotiating these deals early on to where it wasn't so hard to uh, dispo these deals. Gotcha. Sweet. So I know, I mean, obviously we're focused on networking. We're talking about networking. What has been the biggest impact of meeting all of these people in the business on your business and on you and your growth? How, you know, how important has that been 
for main on, mainline investments to come from just an idea to where you're at now and where you're going? I say the biggest the biggest impact that it had was was mindset, you know, and I think when you listen to enough podcasts and you read enough books, um, again, those are things that come from networking, um, surrounding yourself around the people who are doing bigger and better, better things um, than you were doing at that moment, um, especially getting into wholesaling. There's not a lot of people in, in, you know, and I don't mean to be just so blunt about it, but in the black community that's in real estate, you know, and so um, there's going to there's going to be people around you that don't really understand exactly what it is that you're doing. There's going to be family and friends who don't really have faith in the process. I mean, I talked about this thing for like six months, you know, and it, and mm -hmm. it just all seemed crazy. Like, you know, you, you, you realize the looks that you get. Um, people are kind of like, man, like, he's, you know, it's kind of like a dream. You know, they're kind of dreaming, like he's dreaming <laughs> right. about it. Like, like yeah. what is he really doing? You know, so I think going to those meetups and meeting pe people who are actually doing business helped me kind of keep pushing because these were people who have already done it. And so when I was in a space where, you know, you start to doubt yourself, like, man, am, am I, you know, am I tripping? Am I, is this really, right. am I really just chasing, you know, something that isn't there? Um, it really helped in, in a sense of keeping my mindset right and understanding that I just had to trust the process and know that it was going to come. And that's where it's good to have that group of people around you, right? Like, like you said, they're doing stuff that you're wanting to do it, it's good when they're there to help you kind of pull you out of the trenches and 100%. say hey trust the process you know 100%. it works put in the time and it's going to work 100%. so that's awesome that's awesome what are you looking for with people that you're putting yourself around now i'm looking for people that are doing bigger and better things you know um you know people who are who are doing deals um people who maybe found a better marketing strategy or or is utilizing a marketing strategy to a higher level than what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, people who, who are better negotiators. I mean, at the end of the day, I kind of got to look at myself like I'm still new to it, even mm -hmm. though, you know, yeah. to someone who is new to it, they feel like I'm so far out of reach from them. But the only difference is I have started doing deals and I am around people who are doing a whole lot more. So to me, I feel like I haven't been anywhere. Whereas in, you know, all honesty, I'm a whole lot further than where I, where I was. Right. Um, so yeah, going back, mm -hmm. you're at the very start. Yes, you have a mentor walk up to you, and it's you from now. What are you telling yourself from the past on networking and this business and how you get started? What What's that piece of advice that you're going to tell yourself? I just just to trust yourself, believe in yourself. I think that's the hardest thing. I think a lot of people, you know, get down on themselves when they don't see results right away. Mm -hmm. um, but I think just trust your preparation for where you're trying to go. Um, trust what your eyes are telling you, right? You, hmm. you see something, is it, just because someone is telling you like, hey, that, that's not how it works, or I've never seen someone do that, doesn't necessarily mean that it can't be done. It just means based off of their exposure, they haven't seen it done, mm -hmm. right? So having a mentor in that area, in that arena who's seen it, who's done it, definitely helps when it comes to your mindset and keeping you pushing forward and keeping your confidence because now you're surrounded by someone who, who has been there and done it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we all know that your network is your net worth, right? 100%. We've heard that instilled in all of us mm -hmm. over and over and over again. So what's next for Mike Butler? Man, um, that's still kind of hard to really say, man. I feel like every day, I think I'm, I mean, I'm a true visionary, you know, I just, <laughs> yeah. it depends on when you ask me and, and kind of what's going on at the time. Um, if you asked me last year, it would have been to consistently be able to do deals. 
um, we figured out how to be able to do that. Um, so now it'd be, you know, trying to make 100K in a month, right? Mm -hmm. um, working on putting more people around me um, so I'm no longer working so much inside of the business, right? Um, my wife will be finishing school in December. Um, and I think that's going to be her main focus for our business is going to be her building the portfolio. She's a little bit more conservative than I am. Right. There you go. Um, she's a little bit, she, you know, she, she takes care of the bills. Right. You know, she makes sure that things get paid when it's supposed to get paid. And so to me, the natural movement, I believe, for her would be for her to focus more on building our portfolio. And I focus more on generating the money from the wholesaling side of it. Mm -hmm. um, but just partnering up with Stratton and going into different markets and stuff like that, going into South Bend, kind of where you guys are, um, seeing the, the progress and the success that you guys are having there, it's definitely eye-opening. Um, so I think um, as a brand, kind of where we need to move a little bit more is starting to build a little bit more private money um, to be able to start um, building probably a little bit earlier. Okay, sweet. You're moving uh, your, your business into multiple markets, it sounds like, and we've talked yeah. about that off you know off recording and whatnot mm -hmm. so i don't know what you're comfortable sharing but oh, man, what, are you, open book. what are you doing right now to help develop that that business i mean you you're still fresh in the business just like you said we're mm -hmm. all fresh you know two years isn't long enough yeah um what are you doing that you see in other markets that you've already done here what are you doing to replicate what you've already done to replicate, I'm, like you said, I'm kind of just doing the same thing. I mean, here we did cold calling here in Fresno or just the Central Valley in general. We did cold calling and I did texting. Texting is something that's been great for me. Um, I think moving into other markets really came out of frustration. Um, you know, me and Stratton, we just talk a lot. And um, I'm never the one to say that, you know, um, a market is getting drier or whatever that may be because there's constantly people doing deals, yeah. mm -hmm. right? I just think from my business and, and our standpoint when it comes to the data that we have, we feel like at some point it's tough to scale it, mm -hmm. right? right? When you're in a uh, in the Central Valley, I mean, we've called, we've texted a lot of you know a lot of people. You know, if you have a house here, we most likely have talked <laughs> to you, right? Yeah. Um, and so the biggest thing was how do you go from doing one, two, three deals a month to doing 10, 12, 15 deals a month? Well, I don't think that you know it's something that you'll be able to do in one in one central market. And I think having a bigger belief system and kind of fighting through those fears of going to other markets virtually, I mean, there's no there's no big difference in what you do here and what you would do in another market, except that you can't physically be there. Mm -hmm, so at yeah. that point, now we talk about networking, you talk about resources. So one thing that we did was we knew that when it came to rents and when we came to overall pricing for, uh, for homes in Indiana, uh, more specifically Indianapolis, um, we knew that that would, you know, that was something that was interesting to us. And so we just said, you know what, we just, just buy data. Um, we're going to put some cold callers on it and we're going to text it and see and see what comes of that. Did we know how it's going to turn out? No, we don't. You know, but the benefit of of, of this business is that you're able to, you know, make money. Yeah. Right. Right. So you're able to try things out. You're able to take the time that it takes to refine certain details in other markets because the results that you will get from taking the time and going through that learning curve is, you know, it's it's, it's huge. Yeah. Right? So from a, from a networking standpoint, I mean, obviously here locally, I mean, we can go to the meetups, we mm -hmm. can meet up with all the people that we know. How challenging has it been to establish and network in some of these out-of-state places that you're working? Uh, man, it is pretty challenging because um, as, as we kind of talked about earlier, um, we don't realize that we move so fast. Yeah. And so <laughs> one thing that I'm really noticing about going to Indiana is that 
you know, things aren't as fast as we're used to. The pace and, and, and the commitment. I don't want to say the commitment. I never want to question anyone's commitment. Um, but the biggest thing is just reaching out to someone and understanding that you're not going to get that instant reply, right? I text anybody or call anybody here in, in our market, and, I mean, you're getting a call back within five minutes, right? So it's really one thing I'm learning about, you know, other markets is to have more patience mm-hmm. um, and just uh, really attacking it the same way, using utilizing Facebook, right? Um I go into Indian Indianapolis groups and you know different Facebook forums that we have you know to our to our you know our dispense, and I kind of go on there and I look for anyone in that market that's either a realtor, a wholesaler, anyone that's posting deals on their Facebook page, someone mm-hmm. that's active, right? I'm looking for yeah. someone that's actually doing the business, and I'm just reaching out to them, seeing if if there's any type of way that I can bring any value to them. Right. Mm-hmm. If they're looking for deals, well, I have no no problem in in the sense of getting deals. Right. So the biggest thing that I'm going to need is someone's input on what the area, you know, kind of like what type of area it is. Right. Uh, typically what buyers are buying, um, which helps me in my negotiation of the, you know, the prices and stuff like that. And if I'm bringing JV deals to them, I mean, I think I'm creating a massive yeah. uh, value to them. So for the people that are listening, it sounds like you're going and providing value to other people, even though you're doing stuff here. Mm -hmm. And that's how you're breaking into that market. For somebody who's interested here, is there anything that somebody could do for you that maybe we could help hook you up with? Uh, Somebody that could help you do dispositioning or are you looking to hire anybody or you need an assistant for anything? No, I'm not looking to hire anyone uh, for for the most point. I mean... Uh, we've been able to outsource a lot of the calling and stuff like that. I still handle the text messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of in my own way <laughs> at this <laughs> moment right. because I really do enjoy texting. Right. Um, and the business hasn't jumped to a point where I feel like it's not something that I can handle because we are constantly marketing with the callers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of allows me to be a little bit inconsistent when it, when it comes to the text messaging. But it's also been the one that's made us the most money up to this point. Um but I say the value that you can bring to me is, is really just if, if you know of anyone looking to sell and, or anything like that, or you have a deal that you're having a hard time, fi- you know, comping or having a hard time negotiating, you know, bring it to me. We could work it together. Um, and, and, and it kind of just it's not always going to be a JV type thing. Right. You, you may have done a lot of the work and you're bringing it to me, telling me that this is the price that they want. And the price is a slam dunk. Right. I'm not going to sit there and try to take a cut out of something that you pretty much did a great job at, right? So mm-hmm. whether it be me walking you through the transaction, um, I have no problem being able to do that because at the end of the day, it's not all about mo- monetary. It's not all monetary. It's not right. about necessarily you bringing, bringing me a deal for me to make money on. I understand that if I create value for someone else, um, that it's going to come back some way or another. You know yeah. what I mean? So um, I might not make money off of a deal, and that's okay with me because I'm building a relationship with someone um, who you don't you don't know what their future holds, right? You, you mentioned you mentioned it mm-hmm. with people wanting to invest with you guys, and you know you're not where they where, where they would want you to be in a sense of um, volume or whatever it may be. But the fact that you guys are as young as you are doing the volume that you are doing, mm-hmm. they understand that this is. I got to bring him value now because the value that he's going to bring me in ten years is going to be more than worth it. Right. Right. So that's right. kind of how I see it. Right. I can bring value to someone who isn't there yet, but I can't predict the value that they're going to bring me in 10 years, yeah. nor do right. I, nor do I really care. I know this business is hard. Yeah. Some of them <laughs> may not even make it through. Right. Right. But if they do, it could, it could, it could be worth a whole lot more in the future. Yeah. yeah. So how can people find you if they're interested in reaching out and getting, getting in contact with you? Um, Instagram, 
Instagram is 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 where I'm the probably the most active. Um, What's your handle? My handle is at Michael Butler underscore Junior. Boom. Sweet. Right. So shoot me a follow. Shoot me some questions. Um, interact with any posts that I have. Um, that's that's definitely where I, I like to be. Um, I definitely got to step it up a little bit more. I, you know, yeah. I, go, I go through little spurts where I'm a little bit more active in, you know, certain times, depending on how business is going. Again, me being heavily involved in my business, it's going to dictate how much attention that I really put right. towards it. Um, and then Facebook, Michael Butler Jr. Um, that's kind of where a lot more of the real estate stuff happens. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they could reach out to me either way and I'll get back to them. Perfect. Well, we're so happy that you're our first guest in season two. You're an absolute resource for anybody in the business, especially in the wholesaling side, networking, understanding how that works. And uh, now you're going to be a resource for people, for anybody interested in out of state, you're going to be mm-hmm. getting that experience. So we're super happy you came on. Thanks I appreciate so much. you guys, man. Yeah, I really appreciate, appreciate you. We appreciate you too, man. Thank you. Thank you.